This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound On each episode of BarkCast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been good, mate. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Right, we have a slightly sensitive topic to talk about today. Okie dokes. So, we've had an email come in and it basically says, I got a soy dog Mm -hmm. a few months ago. However, after a few months of having the dog at home and having a small young family, it isn't really working out. Okay. I'm in a bit of a quandary. Can I take the dog back to the pound or... Or what? Yeah, yeah kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's very sensitive. Um, we'll not give out any names. So, yeah, no, Russell. What do we do? Um, okay, there's a number of different parts to this. The... The, the short answer is, ultimately, if it's not working out, things don't have a habit of getting better on their own, and it's not going to get better, ergo, I wouldn't feel bad about taking the dog back. Now, I'm sure that's setting off alarm bells with a lot of people listening, saying, how can you give up on a dog, and, and all of that. But the follow-on is, if it's just not working out, and it's not going to get better, in another three months, or another six months, things are going to come to a head. And all of us, I don't think she mentioned the age of the dog in the email. No. No. So, I mean, let's randomly assume it's a, you know, a, a younger dog, say six months old. You're now trying to rehome a dog that's nine or 12 months old, which is going to be even harder than, than it is at this stage. To, to caveat our emailers' concerns, yes, you are going to carry some guilt with that. That's just par for the course. But if that is what is best for you, it is also likely to be best for that dog because it gives that dog now a chance to be rehomed somewhere else where it might be a better fit. However, I know you very well. Yep, so there's going to be more to follow. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's going to be more to follow, but just on that bit about the guilt trip, you're um, very good at either hiding your guilty feelings or not feeling guilty. And we've had personal conversations about personal issues where you've told me, Jay, forget about it, it doesn't matter, just go on with it. But you know what I'm like. Yes, and, and I get anxious, and I get worried, and I will think about things that even you said to me once. I will think about it for the entire day. Yeah. So I know that we shouldn't be going down this path, but I'm just saying not everyone and, can and be I, as I'm, strong as you are. I know, and I'm starting on this end because it's it's the hard bit to talk about. Should I take this dog that I've rescued from the pound or, or wherever and take it back to where it was? The what I want is for the dogs and the families to be working harmoniously together this is a a lifelong commitment and if that dynamic is starting off on the wrong foot and we've suddenly realized wow we bit off more than we can chew here and this isn't working for us it's you're going to either carry the resentment for forward or you're going to carry the guilt for for taking it back you can assuage some of that guilt by knowing that at least that dog now has a better chance of finding the right family fit later at a later stage or indeed, if you took another dog that was perhaps more fitting for your family lifestyle. Ergo, maybe they've taken on a dog that's just too rambunctious and too hectic for their lifestyle. If they were to take that back and get another one that was actually a little bit more calm, a bit more sedate, easygoing. So, yeah, okay, it's a shame for the first one, but you've, you've saved a dog and that was the, the end result. That was the end game anyway. Yes, but you've saved a dog, but now you're going to take it back. 
yeah, if if they were if it's a case of we just don't want a dog full stop and it's gone back, that's one thing. But you're saying a part exchange could be okay. Uh, yeah, and no, it's a terrible, it's a terrible <laughs> term. But the, the, I that's, apologize. But but at the same time, it's difficult. Everyone says, "I want to get a dog. I want to get a dog." And they go out and get a dog, and they bring the dog in, and then they start to realize, "Oh, gee, what's it like actually having a dog?" Without actually putting, bizarrely, that much thought into it, a lot of people make a, an almost rushed decision. It seems like a good idea. Yeah, let's go and do it. COVID was a great example of this because everyone just thought, well, we're at home. Let's go get out, go out and get dogs without actually thinking through how is this going to affect us long term, i.e. people now going back to workspaces and realizing that the dog is not used to that. Or B, people are now leaving the country and going elsewhere and can't take the dog with because the dog isn't fit for travel. Things like that. So, but going back to our email as pointed question, in terms of should I feel bad and or guilty, you're going to feel guilty and you're going to feel bad. But ultimately, if you look at the longer term view, and I know I'm sounding really cold and emotionless here, but the reality is if this isn't going to work long term, you're better off making the move now and either saying, no, this was the wrong thing for us to do and we'll just take the dog back. And or if it's a case of we want a different type of character dog, then that's something else that you could look at. That's my starting point and that's more in i'm starting there more to allay our emailers fears and concerns okay the next step would be before you make that nuclear option or take that particular choice don't use the word nuclear because i think that's, <laughs> that's a bit scaremongery <laughs> yeah. yeah. and we've just well, told well, no. the emailer don't worry you will feel guilty but it's the, it's, it's the right thing now you it's say, the last choice now, your nuclear bomb <laughs> yeah. you're about to explode yeah yeah fair enough um but no, before you go down that that route because that's your end game what I would perhaps suggest is to bring the dog in to me and let's meet the dog, meet our emailer and have a little chat. If perhaps just by learning a little bit more about your dog, learning a little bit more about you know, why the dogs do certain things, maybe it's a case of there's just a bit of a misunderstanding and or a miscommunication between owners and dogs. So if there's a chance that just by learning a little bit more about the dog and putting some new protocols in place... If that in and of itself does enough that gets you over this little hump that, oh, actually, we can see some light down the road. Maybe this isn't quite such a bad dynamic as we thought. Maybe there is actually some some hope. All right. So ideally, I would start there and then we can track forward. Because as you alluded to a second ago, I can be pretty direct in terms of if I'm looking at owner and dog and i'm not seeing a fit i would will tell you yeah this is this is the wrong fit for you russell you've never done that no, yeah maybe not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but at least if, if nothing else if the email is coming and saying look i'm really concerned this is not the right fit if that's what i'm seeing i'm going to tell them because it's in their best interest to know that and that in and of itself is going to help to assuage some of the guilt they're going to feel taking the dog back as well so they're getting some validation for it all right but at least knowing a bit more about the dynamic and the dog, how dogs learn and think and why they're doing certain things and having a few more protocols and a few more bits and pieces to do. If that's actually all it takes to at least steady the ship and give them a better life with their dog, then that's that's the best win. Well, that sounds a good way. It's, Come and see you first. What sort of time scale would you say it would take for you to assess the dog and the owner and everything? Because it's not just seeing the dog and the owner. You've got to go and see the whole picture, surely. No, Generally speaking, I just need to see the people and the dog. I, I don't necessarily need to see them going for a walk together and being at the house together and going for a drive together. I just need to meet them as a pack. Because ultimately, I get a lot of information from 
in terms of the time it takes to, to assess a dog, not very long at all. You know, a few minutes of it kind of being with me will give me a gauge of how this is going to play out. Sure, there are um, discrepancies now and again, but as a general rule, I get an idea from the dog fairly quickly. The owners, it's about getting more information from them. What is your lifestyle? What is your, your day-to-day? What is your routine? How is this dog supposed to fit into that? Because once they start telling me all of that information and I start trying to put the dog into it, that's when you start to see the weaknesses. And that's when you get an understanding of, okay, what is it that we can improvise, adapt, and change to make things a, a better fit for us and the dog? Would you not have to go and see the house and the living and, and that kind no, of... No, because you can tell me, you know, we live in, a, we live in an apartment. Oh, you've got a Great Dane and, and or a German Shepherd. Okay, I can see an immediate problem with that. I don't think she's got a Great Dane or a German Shepherd, to <laughs> yeah, be fair. But, yeah. but you, know, you don't know. No, it's um, true. But yeah, it, in terms of, I don't need to see the apartment. They've told me that they live in an apartment. We're on a 12th floor and we've got a, again, we've got a German Shepherd or a Border Collie. We work all day. We don't have time to take it for walks. I, I don't need to see the environment. I know what they're telling but, but me. That's great knowing the, the breed. Yep. However, we're talking a pound a, dog here. Yeah, and if it's a rescue dog, I will see the dog in front of me. I can see you know, whether it's a, a relatively easy going, whether it's wired. Um, what do you mean by wired? Just ready to go, you know, I, all action. You know, I want to go run. I want to go chase. I want to go play. I want to go do stuff. Um, I need to engage. Or is it a fairly aloof kind of easygoing, tapped out dog or somewhere in the middle? But again, seeing its living environment, I don't physically need to go there to see that. Do you want to? So basically, you're saying that the, the first step, rather than just taking the dog back straight away, would be yep. to come and see you. Hundred percent. But let's say, okay, you do have to take the dog back. Yep. Because of what, what would be the reasons that you would highlight that you would turn around to this lady or man, not sure who it is. What would you say that these? Yes, hundred percent. You need to take the dog back. Okay. Are there kind of those key points? Um, I, I guess so. I mean, sitting on the fence, as is my want, um, bottom line is... Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the dog was sitting on the <laughs> yeah. fence. Okay. That's, that's Garfield, actually, that sits on the <laughs> fence and sings. Um, bottom line, it's, it's your dog. It's your lifestyle. It's your house. It's your, it's your decision one way or the other. I cannot make that decision for you. I can just kind of tell you what I see. So if it's a case of, and I am embellishing this, if it was a case of, yes, we've got this Border Collie cross seven-month-old puppy, I've got two young kids, we live in an apartment, we travel a lot, we work a lot, the kids are at school, I would look at that particular picture and say, unless you start changing something, this is not going to be a good fit or dynamic for that dog. I know you. That's not what you would say. You would turn around, and I'm probably going to have to bleep this bit out and say, "Why have <laughs> yeah, you got yeah, a dog?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So along those sort of lines. Yeah. But let's not let's, let's not, not scare let's people. Not, yeah, yeah. Let's let them come and see the lovely yeah, Russell, exactly, who's yeah. very polite and yeah. nice, and has... I'm not that bad, really. <laughs> <laughs> I am with Jay. Yeah, that's very my outlook. So. <laughs> but no, again, it would depend. To, to answer, sorry, to answer your question, are there sort of bullet points? Yeah, yes, there are, but it's it's more the collective picture that i'm seeing because everyone's different everyone's environment is different everyone's lifestyle is different so it's not a case of you have to have this 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 it's how do those factors all merge together and i think also and, and tell me if i'm wrong here which you I probably you, will yeah you probably will do <laughs> but when you see those books and we've talked about this in so many times you go to the vets and you get the books which has got the different breeds and it's yeah, got yeah. The so stars. This, is, this is a good family this dog. is a good family yeah, dog yeah. that surely a good family dog just because let's say a give me a good family dog a labrador, labrador. 
But not all Labradors Correct. are the same. Correct. The same as not humans yeah. are all the same. Correct. And I'm really glad you brought this up because this Thanks. taps into a, a another point in terms of, and this is both for shelters and or for breeders. And I know we've, we've talked before about breeders, uh, you know, what to look for, what to avoid in certain breeders. There is so much work that should be done with puppies at an early, early age. So when you do, quote unquote, go and get your Labrador, knowing it's going to be a good family dog. If you're going to a quality breeder, then yes, you will get what it says on the tin. If you're not going to a quality breeder, which is usually the case here because <laughs> lack of supply, um, then it leaves it a bit more open. My issue with with rescues, and I have to be careful here because I would caveat by starting off by saying I have a lot and lot of time and love and patience for the volunteers that work in the rescue places. I do. No, genuinely, I do. Because it's their volunteer time. They're not getting paid for this. And some of them are, but that's another story. But it's largely speaking, it's their time. It's their effort. And genuinely, they're doing this from the heart. They want to help the dogs. I get that. The issue I have is a lot of the environments in which these dogs are in and the way in which these people engage with the dogs is not setting them up to be the, the, the healthy home dogs that we as owners want them to be. And it's simple things like encouraging the dogs to jump up, encouraging the dogs to be rowdy, encouraging the dogs to sort of mouth and play um, with us and sort of you know, mouth our hands and legs and arms and stuff. Because we're just giving these dogs so much love and attention. But these are all behaviors that, when they go into a house, might not be wanted or warranted. I don't want a dog that's jumping up all over my five-year-old and knocking her flying. I don't want a dog that's mouthing my three-year-old. I don't want a dog that's nipping my ankles when I walk from room A to room B. Are you just talking about my dog? (laughs) No, because to be fair, Max is kind of cool. He's just (laughs) goofy. (laughs) I get what you mean. And, And... And they do, and I, I will jump in a little bit here. I, I do totally understand that these people are looking after the dogs and they are giving their time. But you're right, they go into the pound and they're running, they're jumping, yeah. they're cuddling them, they're lying yeah, around, they're rolling again, around. Be- before, I'm, I'm going to have all the volunteers bashing on me and saying, hey, you don't know what it's like. I, I do know what it's like because I've worked in these places. And I appreciate they may not have the time nor the skill set, respectfully. Or to, the training. Yeah, or exactly, to be able to, to, to train the dogs. And I'm not asking them to do things like you know, these dogs should be fully trained and able to sit, stay, roll over and what have you before they get rehomed. Not at all. But just learning some some basic foundational stuff. Understanding that every time I engage with this dog, I'm rewarding what it's doing. So if it's jumping on me and I play with it, I'm teaching this dog to jump up. And easy, from, a, from an owner's perspective, when we come into the pound or the shelter or wherever to, to, to look at the dogs, we'll tend to target the dogs that are either sort of jumpy and playful because we think those dogs are very happy and engaging, which they possibly are, or we'll target the ones that are curled up asleep in the corner keeping away from us, which are the ones I would, and this is harsh to say, but I would generally avoid anyway. Because they're the ones that people feel sorry for. Yeah, that's that's where the guilt and emotion sort of drives into us. And those are the ones that invariably end up with either we have issues with or end up going back. It's kind of the ones in the middle that you kind of want to target. Um, So it's... What you're saying is average is okay. Average is okay. <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm trying to make light of this, but not in a way. I, I think that what we're saying really is the, 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 the lady, stroke man, stroke person. Our emailer. <laughs> our emailer. I'm not trying to give away. Um, I'm going to give you 
their details. Yes, please do. And yeah, I yeah, think yeah. the best and thing for you to do is to, yeah. to reach out. Yeah. And because I think that this one does need a, a personal. Yeah. Message and from again, you. I know I started with the the, uh, the 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 dramatic. You know, yes, it's okay to take your dog back to the pound. You actually but, finished with the dramatic as well, talking about pounds. To be fair, th- there we go. So, um, but the middle bit. The, or which is the bit that you want to take the, the, this is the important the takeaway is look if you're if you're in that mindset of we just we're about to give up this is not working before you make that that decision at least give me a call or come in and let's have a little chat the outcome might still be the same but at least you've then got some validation for yourself um, and at least you've understood that this is what it would take for either this dynamic to change or another dog's dynamic to change within your lifestyle. And then from there, you can make a more informed decision. And I'm sure people have been through this before and it's always, you know... It's, it's never an easy thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've kind of got to look long term. This is not, you know, buying a new pair of shoes and realizing it's the wrong color. Cool. Thanks, cool. mate. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy. Barkcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com. Shark 13 Productions. We create, we produce, and we market.